Monday morning, February the 20th. Wow. I'm first warning meteorologist Eric Burris. This is Coffee Talk. We get together seven days a week. Chat about what's going on in the world of weather. Hopefully getting your day started off with a smile, with an education about the weather, and answer any questions you may have uh, coming up. And boy, do we have some things coming up. Let's talk about the top two things that we are monitoring in the world of weather for today. First off, lovely morning. Great weather for us today. Walking along the beaches. We'll be talking about that beach boating forecast, but the temperatures are climbing. The question, where does it all stop? Yeah, because like eventually it has to, right? Eventually? Maybe. A little hazy out there as we look over to our Brevard County Tower Cam. This is in Cocoa Vehicle Assembly Building on the left, where the Orion capsules are in for, I believe it's Artemis 2 and Artemis 3. They're already working ahead, years ahead. Then you've got the Rocket Garden. You've got the shuttle over in the Rocket Garden at the vehicle, at the um, Visitor Complex. And then you can see the Lightning Towers there for Launch Complex 39B, used for SLS and Artemis. But of course, this week... In just under a week, we've got Crew-6, a Falcon 9 rocket, heading to the International Space Station. Yeah, looks like it's going to be a great forecast for oh so many things. But this morning, let's just peek outside. I don't see anything. Looks good, temperature-wise. 62 in Orlando, 54 degrees in the villages. It's 55 in Palm Coast. Looking great over here in Titusville at 59, 63 degrees in Melbourne, and 62 in St. Cloud. So for today, we are headed into the 80s. It's going to be like yesterday, a warm day, but I think it's going to be a little warmer. Excuse me, I need more coffee. Hold on. I think it's going to be a little warmer today than yesterday. Uh, 83 degrees our high temperature by 3 o'clock this afternoon. So, yeah, it's going to be a great forecast today. But the overall idea here these next couple of days is that temperatures are going to be climbing. We're getting into quite a warm pattern. Good morning to you, Don, from Ocala. Yeah, 78, your high temperature today. Looks like it's going to be a great forecast. Uh, let's look and see where we go. First off, I'm just curious myself, what was our high temperature yesterday? Orlando. Oh, Orlando hit 85. Then you know what? I bet you anything that today is 85. I mean, I know we're for, we've got 83 on the forecast map, but we hit 85 yesterday, and there's no reason that we don't hit that again today. So... For what it's worth, I know it says 83, but um, I don't do the forecast in the mornings when I'm not in the television station, but I would think we're probably going to be running up to about 85 today, so for what it's worth. Next couple of days, though, we've got a warm stretch of weather, but at least it's lovely, right? Let's look at the overall weather pattern, okay? Getting warmer as high pressure builds in, and that just continues for us tomorrow with a clockwise wind flow. Southerly wind temperatures getting even warmer. And then by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're just playing hot. Now, notice that the weather map at the surface is pretty quiet. That's because our happenings are happening upstairs. Basically, about halfway outside of the atmosphere, you're building in this area of high pressure. And up top, as that area of high pressure builds, it's a stable air mass. So as it builds and builds and builds, that air sinks. Stable air mass. The air sinks, 
as that air sinks, it hits the ground and compresses. As it compresses, it heats. That's referred to as latent heat release or compressional heating. In other words, we're talking about big heat, particularly across the deep south, but really the entire eastern seaboard is under this. So if we look at just this week as a whole, it's cooler than average out west, warmer than average across a good chunk of real estate. And all of those little red thermometers are stations, reporting stations, that this week are in jeopardy of tying or setting new records. Now, there's not 128 dots, but there are 128 records that are in jeopardy of falling. That's because there's several days. This is not just like a one-day thing. So like Orlando has like four days with records in jeopardy, just as a simple example. Okay, so yeah. We're talking about some pretty significant heat these next couple of days. Not today, though, okay? Not today. We take a look at the temperatures and the records, and, you know, even if we hit 85 in Orlando, today's record's 89, so we're not anticipating that. But look ahead, okay? Tomorrow, we'll be close to a record, probably closer than we think because we've already hit 85 yesterday. Uh, but Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we are talking about record heat, and these are just Orlando temperatures. One thing I'm going to do when I get into the office today is look at our all-time uh, records for not just Orlando, but for all of our reporting stations, because I think that all of them could be in jeopardy today. During the month of February, I should say. Rosebud says almost put on the AC yesterday. Oh, the AC's running at my house. Yep. And my pool's 87 degrees. Pool heater, house air conditioner. Terry's asking more sun today. Absolutely. Today's going to be a gorgeous, gorgeous day. I love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Frank's making the drive tomorrow. It's going to be a warm one. Sunny in Melbourne today. Oh, yeah. It's going to be lovely. It is going to be lovely. So be ready for that. Look at these temperatures. Thursday, 91 degrees. Record is 89. Friday, 90 degrees. Record is 90. That record of 90 is significant because that's also the highest temperature record we have seen in Orlando ever. Okay? 90 degrees is as hot as it's ever been. So in addition to those 128 high temperature records across the country, we are also very much thinking that the all-time hottest temperature we have ever seen in the month of February, the all-time hottest, we think that that's very much in jeopardy. All right? if we And I know that I've shown this on Coffee Talk before, but have captive audience will travel, right? Here's our almanac for the month of February. Nope, not that one. This one. Here's our almanac for the month of February, okay? We're obviously not anywhere near the record low of 19, but this week, that all-time record high temperature, I think it, I think we go to a new record. I really do. I really do, yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Oh, and by the way, we are still very much in winter. Spring doesn't begin for about another month. So for what it's worth, plan accordingly. That also means water park forecasts and pool forecasts, dusting them off. Listen, my pool is 87. I told the kids it's time to get in that pool today. Mid-70s, lunchtime, 
80s by three o'clock probably probably closer to 85 today joy says i think the groundhog um messed up you know it's a groundhog right you know that that's completely ridiculous right as long as we do yeah as long as we know that uh lisa says too hot too soon i i mean it's yeah we're we're into very much record territory and then the other problem too is that with this heat comes the pollen i know i'm not the only one with suffering allergies right like the pollen counts way up there way up there way up there at least the nights, Betty says. At least the nights are still pleasant. Correct. And even with the temperatures climbing, notice that the muggy meter only showing dew points in the 50s and 60s. So even as hot as we get, 91 on Thursday, our high temperature, we are still in that comfy category in the muggy meter. So it's not straight up summer's heat. The humidity is lower. And at least there's that, right? So let's just take a look. Uh, I, I had to think of a way yesterday to be like, it's going to be hot. How do I illustrate that? And there you go. Record heat. Big honking bar of record heat. Seriously. it's it, This is great. Uh, every I feel like every year in either February or March, I, I throw the pool heater on and declare the pool open at the Burris household. We're there, baby. We're, the pool is open at the Burris household. Yeah. John, is it normal to have a surface high move out but have a 500 millibar level high aloft? You talked about this over the weekend. I've never heard of a surface high. So surface highs are usually what gives us nice weather. We don't usually talk about these upper features. But typically, you ventilate. So typically, surface high means upper air low and vice versa. So yeah, that surface high moving out is why we're making space for this upper level um, high. So yeah, that's 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 the way it works. Yeah, John, typically you have to ventilate. So one or the other. Yeah, I know it's super nerd stuff, but you're here on Coffee Talk. Uh, this is a this is a weather thing, so you're going to get some nerd stuff and some coffee, and we're gonna talk. Beth says we can sure use some rain. So let's look at the numbers, right? First off, the fire danger index, uh, which I'm happy to say because the, the, the humidity is where it is, we're not looking too bad. Low fire danger index, right? But when we look at the Keech Byram drought index, looking at soil and everything, we're also still doing pretty okay. So at least for now... Soil is damp. We're, we're, we're pretty okay in, in, in the world of that. But for the year, where are we in the rainfall department? Yeah, we, we are behind. So yeah, we could use the rain, but, but we're not terrible. Rosebud says, I think it's a good idea for a hurricane forecast sneak peek. Is that what you think? Let's just take a look off our east coast and see what's happening. <laughs> oh, there's a little storm system out there. Hmm. 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 You want to see a sneak peek? I'll show you. You want a sneak peek? Can you handle it? This is the surface map. This is the surface map. 102 days after Nicole. 
which is the third cycle of Nicole. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that if we're so if we're at a 51 day cycle, which is what this year is, it showed up and then it sh- you mean yeah. That's correct. Wait. So there's your sign. There my friends is today's edition of the hurricane forecast tease. The preview. Wait, that wasn't enough. I'm sorry. We've got a week and a half. And then we do it. Yep. There you go. I gave it to you. I gave you your I gave you your preview, right? Coming up March the 1st. So, a week and 2 days from now, the 2023 hurricane season forecast. Yep. I gave you your pre Look, I gave you your preview. You got your preview. <sighs> I gave it to you. March the 1st, be here or be square. Is that is that what you say? Is that is that the way you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Good morning, everybody. We'll be there at the coffee talk pool party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We didn't really want to see it. Debbie says, never mind. We really didn't want to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wish I had a pool heater to enjoy these record heat days coming up. I know. I know, Mickey. That was that was one of those things. Uh, Taylor says, shocked Pikachu face. You mean the patterns are repeating? That's right. How many times does it cycle? It cycles over and over and over again until the new year sets up, October and November. So we've got a few patterns to cycle through. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Nicole says, wow, already that's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I mean, like, again, Nicole was an East Coast system for us. 120 or 102 days later, as in AKA two cycles afterward. Hmm. Very interesting. Hyping March 1st. That's about the only thing I'll hype. And it's not, I'm just making sure you're aware. That's all. You know, the still of you showing that will be on your page. I, that's the problem. That's the problem. You've given so much information. I believe I already know we're in trouble. Beth says, ugh. Listen, I th- I'll always throw little little tidbits at you, right? Little tidbits. I'll throw little tidbits at you. Uh, given the changes in weather, when is the best time to start spring planting, Aubrey's asking. You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I mean, I could just show you. This is the raw GFS temperature plot. Seriously, this is raw temperatures. 80s, 80s, holy cannoli, 80s, 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 holy cannoli, 80s, 80s, 80s. Ooh, March 8th, 75. Now we'll see how that plays out, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, for me, I I haven't started doing any, I want to put some more areca palms and things in my yard, but I haven't done that yet. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, the answer is, is the, the true answer is I, I can only watch little trends and things, but I mean, there's a big honking record heat indicator there on the seven day forecast. Yeah. Priscilla, temp for Friday in Magic Kingdom, please. I'm previewing Tron. It is going to be hot. H A W T. And I think there's a silent Z in there too. 
Yeah, I mean, 90. Record heat. Annette says, another Ian. No, not another Ian. It would be another Nicole. Yeah, we'll see. I'll show March the 1st, all things will be answered. I already have like 88% of my wesh.com article done. I've been sending it around to like um, family to preview it. Um, but yeah, I'm like I'm like 88% done. I, I What's nice is I got an earlier start to the final products this year. So I'll, I've been able to kind of step away for a couple days and then jump back in. And so like this week is going to be the fine tuning. I think I'm, my next revision, I think will be the final forecast. Yeah. Nicole, don't be paranoid. Don't be paranoid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be paranoid. Love springtime, Anne says. Okay, somebody had asked, and I'd missed it earlier, when is meteorological spring? And that's a good question. So meteorological spring begins in March. It's just when the temperatures usually start to climb. So like we're almost to meteorological spring. But official spring, the, what is it, the vernal equinox isn't until March the 20th. So yeah, that's where we're at. Who's going to be the guest on Friday's Coffee Talk drive-thru this week? Brian, I don't know yet. I guess I have to ask somebody. It's either Manolfi or um, Nancy. I haven't asked either of them. I've got Dave Marsh willing to do it. I just need to respond to him. Yeah. Beverly, what happened to trending cooler sections in the last half of February? It's going to be 89 instead of 90. Uh, it's just looking at patterns, but but there's other things at play there. It's not perfect. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, it'll be dropping just a smidgen. Oh, well. Joanne says, today's the last day of the Florida State Fair. Now looking forward to the Strawberry Festival. Oh, I love that. And then there's sun and fun right around the corner, right? Spring break for pilots. I love it. Oh, boy. Sidebar. I know you have little ones. What measures do you use around your pool to keep them safe? Oh, yeah. We've got we've got the pool screens. We've got the, the alarms. We've got the, the deadbolt on the slider. And getting them trained, Tammy, to swim. Swim training has been the best, best, best thing. Swim training has been the best, best, best thing. Debbie says, ooh, ask Dave Marsh. You know, maybe that's a good one. If I can get Dave, Dave would probably be a good one just because this week is the anniversary of the 98 tornadoes. So it would be a good one for sure. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, do these early warmer temps come into play for hurricane season? We take a lot of things into, into account for our hurricane seasonal forecast, but one of the bigger factors is actually El Nino kicking in or the Enzo pattern. So what is El Nino? So we've been in a La Nina for years now. So what is La Nina? I know I've got a graphic because I've seen it a million times. Hold on. Okay. So a La Nina pattern, cooler waters in the equatorial Pacific usually means weaker winds and more tropical development. That's a La Nina. We've been in that for years now. Now we're entering into an El Nino. In El Nino, quite the opposite. Warmer 
waters lead to warmer air rising in the equatorial Pacific, which thus leads to stronger winds and less tropical development. All right, so that's kind of what we're getting into the second half of the summer. And then for next winter spring, it's going to push the jet stream further south, which typically means a stormier pattern for central Florida, which typically means more severe weather for springtime. Okay, so next winter spring i have a feeling we're going to be quite 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 active whereas this summer we're going to probably see more winds thus more wind shear thus less tropical activity yeah so for what it's worth that's kind of where we're at oh, excuse me excuse me excuse me Swim training is the best, Nicole says, 100%. Yeah. Uh, any chance of rain? A, a sprinkle or two, and that's about it. Yeah. Beth says the 98 tornadoes were bad. Yes, they were. And we're coming up on the 25, which I'm doing a story on it, but the 25-year anniversary of the 98 tornadoes, which is pretty, pretty surreal because I remember them like they were yesterday, and they were not yesterday. They were 25 years ago. Yeah. What about the last week of March, Trish? Um, I mean, I can give you the long range thing, but it's only broad strokes and you have to remember it. You have to remember broader strokes here. But the last week of March does look to have an opportunity for stronger storms, a little cooler around the beginning of the week and then starting to trend warmer, um, you know, by, by the very, very end. But again, given the kind of upper pattern that we're in, these adjustments have not been much. These adjustments have not been much. Yeah. Priscilla, did you get your Ember Cup yet? I made this coffee at 6 o'clock this morning, and it is still boiling hot, and I love every bit of it. Yeah. I was living in Osceola County. Very bad. Many people I know were fortunate... Have to be in some reason across the street. I live in Buenaventura Lakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the '98 tornadoes were unbelievable, and that anniversary is coming up this week. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to try and share with you some Wesh Two news coverage from the event. Um, I I did even, and I I don't know that I shared this yet, um, but I've got I've been going through the archives. Gosh, I got to go find this. I've been going through the archives and found this. This was the Seminole County-like Sanford tornado. And I remember this had cleared a path along the 417. But this is the hook echo from that Sanford tornado. That's off of our WESH 2 first. Now it's called the first warning live Doppler radar. We've put almost a million dollars into that radar since. But this, in its infancy, we'll say, was live Super Doppler 2. That's what it was called back then. Um, it was, it's still today, the very first radar installed in Central Florida that wasn't National Weather Service. Now, I did think that this was particularly interesting. This was the look at the Kissimmee tornado. The Kissimmee tornado was a rain-wrapped tornado. There was a bunch of rain. You couldn't have seen that thing coming. At least the one up in Sanford. At least the one up in Sanford. 
you you would have had a fighting chance to see. But it was also in the middle of the night, so it's not that. Uh, and for those of you that, that were around back in the day, you would remember this gentleman. That was Brad Nitz in our old weather center. That was Brad Nitz covering the storm. Um, which for me, it, you know, takes me back um, because that's the Wesh I grew up watching. And so, and, and, and Brad's still a meteorologist up in Atlanta now. Brian, question, please clarify. I'm still confused. A couple of times I heard you describe the high-pressure system making the hot air sink, but I remember from all of my science classes back in school is that hot air always rises and cold air sinks. I'm confused how high-pressure system could be causing the reverse. Good, 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 good. Brian, good, good, good. Do not confuse high pressure with high temperatures. Warm air rises, yes, but I'm not talking about temperatures playing in. I'm strictly, sure, as the air warms, it's rising. But remember, at night, the air cools, right? So we are not just tracking temperatures. So in the case of our atmosphere, temperatures are more small-scale adjustments. What really moves the air... Okay, so let's talk about, like, a severe weather event. Okay, let's talk about the 98... Look, I mean, we're in the ballpark, and we're nerds, so let's do this. This is a screen grab in my research of... At the time, Chief Meteorologist Dave Marsh, who has agreed to come on Coffee Talk, by the way, this is him discussing the 98 tornado outbreak, okay? So you've got that area of low pressure and the jet stream. Low pressure causes air to rise, okay? Ahead of the 98 tornadoes, we had a warm day. We had a warm day. The warm temperatures aided in that, but it was just a little piece of energy. It was just a little piece. Overall, pressure causes the winds. Okay, think about that. Basic meteorology 101. High pressure, winds go clockwise. Okay, low pressure, winds go counterclockwise. That's the most basic thing. High pressure is stable, so the air sinks. Low pressure, unstable, so it rises. So when you think about every day during the summertime, yeah, as Florida heats up, the air rises. But it also generates an area of low pressure, which causes more of that rise, which causes those thunderstorms to really build, okay? So in the case of our weather scenario this week, up, way up there, you've got this piece of high pressure. Ignore the temperatures, because again, the temperatures are just subtleties. Right? But as that area of high pressure moves in, it's stable. It's not helping for storm development. It's the opposite. It's sinking air. So the air mass itself is sinking, compressing, and heating. And sure, as that warm air is compressing and heating, it's going to be rising. But that's a very, what we call a microscale or mesoscale element. The more synoptic scale or broader impact or influence is this area of high pressure. God, I hope I did an okay job explaining that. I mean, like, I, I factually, that's it. But did I do a good job explaining it to understand? I, I hope so. So, like, in the severe weather case of 98 tornadoes, okay, like, this is, this is the day after Dave Marsh was explaining it, okay? So let's just take this for example. Cold front... In the Gulf of Mexico, warm front over North Florida, the temperatures were warming. We get that. But that's a small-scale piece. 
The big influence was that low coming into the panhandle. That was destabilizing us, and with low pressure, the air was rising. The last piece of that puzzle was the jet stream. See how it says jet stream, strong, moist winds? In other words, the jet stream was really accelerating the winds in the upper levels. And as it's accelerating the winds, that's aiding in the lift. So the low is giving lift, the big winds upstairs adding in the lift, and then being in the warm air sector adding in the lift. So you've got all those things. But the low itself is the broader synoptic scale influencer, whereas the jet stream was a more mesoscale, smaller scale event. I, I All these words, I'm so sorry. I really feel like I'm talking in super nerdy stuff. I hope I'm doing a good job explaining it. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the severe weather setup. It's essentially the exact... That is a Central Florida severe setup. So... Look at this winter. We have had plenty of these storm systems with warm fronts and cold fronts, okay? But why haven't we gotten a 1998 scale severe weather event? Because the jet stream hasn't been in place. And it's just those little pieces. When they all come together, we get terrible weather. When they are not all coming together, we can get some rough weather, but it's not as bad. All right, now let me read your comments and see if I did okay. Debbie says, learning so much, keep it nerdy. Thank you. I need a whiteboard and a dry erase marker. You know, that's, I kid you not, Annette, that may not be the dumbest idea. That may not be the, because I feel like I've tried to draw on maps and stuff, but like, at the end of the day, do you know how I learned this? Was Dr. David Arnold with an overhead projector drawing and explaining and we could get, listen, if you want to get nerdy, we could get into convergence and divergence, confluence and difluence, because that's really where you tell the story. And the traffic jam reference that was made, when we have a severe weather event, we can do this, okay? Yeah. And he says, I got some of it. I, I'm sorry, I want you to get all of it. Carrie, this is why I love listening to you. Thank you, Carrie. Taylor, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like if I I need to get a I need to get a dry erase board with an eraser and a little pen and I that, I feel like I can really explain it. Yeah. Rosebud, now explain like we we're six years old. Not all weather nerds here. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> I I at the end of the day, think of it like this. Pressure. When you want to cook something really fast in the kitchen, here's your six here's your six year old explanation. When you want to cook something in the kitchen really quick, when I want to make steak tacos, what do I use? A pressure cooker. Why? Because that pressure really builds that heat like hell, right? Case in point, high pressure, big high pressure, pressure cooker, boom. Maybe that's better. Uh, Linda, when I taught marine science last year, I used your coffee talks and hurricane forecasts to teach my students how to understand hurricanes and their impact. Thank you. That, Linda, over on YouTube, that is incredibly humbling to hear. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Debbie says, I love the vocabulary I'm learning. Oh, staying nerdy. Thank you. I'm all for it. Thank you. All right, Annette, I have to buy one of those, don't I? All right. Janet says, you are. This old brain understood most of it. Thank you. Only sending me to the dictionary for one word. 
Oh boy. Listen, um, I just, my goal, I kid you not, I kid you, like, and I'm not, this is, yes, it says Wesh in the corner, but I'm not at work. Uh, I, I'm not at work yet. I, I want to explain weather so that you truly understand it. Truly, truly. Linda says way over my head. Maybe the pressure cooker reference will help you. Yeah. Oh boy. It's an interesting explanation. We're all nerds of weather or we wouldn't be here on Coffee Talk for, for years. Yeah, that's right. For years and years and years, right? Jamie, have I thought about teaching? I love doing just little bits of teaching. Um, I feel like I teach. I feel like I teach every day, or at least that's my goal. Tell six-year-olds it builds heat. <laughs> well, touche. There you are. Bruce says Amazon sent me a whiteboard. Yeah, I'll have to go. I'll have to go look for it. I'll have to go look for it. Yeah. Uh, Annette says, you teach us more than you realize. Then I run back to my Facebook and explain to the folks hyping up hurricane impacts. Well, that's, that's, you know, to me, for me at least, the reason I got into weather was because events like the 98 tornado outbreak, where I was terrified of it. And the more I learned, the more I wasn't afraid. And truthfully, truthfully, that's my goal. Um, you're not going to go to school for four years for meteorology, but if I can give you the ammunition over time and how it's applying to us, then that's how I think I'm doing my job. I want you to understand this. John's asking, does high pressure dome of air actually lift the altitude of the atmosphere blanket over that area? Now you get it. That Yes, that's why this is not... Now we get... Okay. Awesome. Yes. Now we get crazy, okay? You want to get crazy? So this is the 500 millibar plot. Why don't we read... Why don't we read the atmosphere in heights? Like, why don't I say that's the 20,000 foot mark? Because the atmosphere is always ebbing and flowing. So high pressure literally adjusts the heights. Let me show you. Okay, so this is the 500 millibar height. There's that big old honking high pressure ridge, right? We talked about it. This is the anomaly of it, but if we just look at height, height and wind speed, okay? You're literally able to see on the guide here how, hold on a second. You're able to literally see here how high 500 millibars is. And 500 millibars is much higher in some areas, much lower in some areas. Does that make sense? The atmosphere is, that's why when we look at a skew T, uh, let's go to a sounding, hold on, give me two seconds. And then we gotta wrap this up because I gotta at some point get to work. Two seconds, I'll show you like a direct way to see this. All right, so here's a skew T. Now we're in the weeds again. Again, I, it's like one of those things, I can't believe that I've, I have shown, by the way, I have shown this way more than I ever thought I would. All right, so 500 millibars. Right now that's 59, that's almost 6,000 meters, okay? But if we read this a different time, That'll read differently. So this is our sounding right now. And you can see the winds with height, speeds, and direction. Okay? 
But there you go. So 500 millibars. So so that's why we use at the 500 millibar level instead of at the 6,000 meter level because we want all things to be equal when we talk about upper air charts. So where is it? Well, troughs and ridges and things like that. There's so much nerdiness. You have to think of weather as a river of air with depth because things are happening down here at the surface that are different than things are happening upstairs. And in terms of forecasting, folks, this is the stuff that we look at, you know, truthfully. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that this is a lot. And that's just, I, I, I all I can do is try to explain the best I can. Whew, we got in the weeds today. John, that is a super great, super great question though, bud. Super great question. You explain it great. Scary, but great. Well, Nicole, don't be afraid of it. That's my goal is to not have you. My goal is to explain it to you so that you understand. Big, big bubble of no trouble. Think of it like that. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm terrible at math. That's the only thing holding me back from meteorology. Yeah, there's definitely some math to it. Uh, Debbie, I'll have to check. Can you send me a Facebook note or something? Because, yeah, my junk swallows up, gobbles up emails, I feel like. Brian, weather history questions. So you've been talking about the recycle events, 98 tornado recycling, 93 tornadoes. I, It wouldn't be recycling with the 93, but I, I'd have to look and see. I'm curious to see if the 98 tornadoes have recycled and if that played into anything during the summer. So that's one of those things I'll have to look. John says, thanks. Learned a lot today. Scud studied the SKU-T last weekend, but this really helps. Got to get in the shower. Go get in the shower, buddy. Go get in the shower. I love the nerdy stuff. Zoom has whiteboards. I mean, I could do a whiteboard on here, but using a mouse is different than just, you know, like drawing it out, you know? All right. A river of air. Now that's easy to understand. It is. It's a river of air. And that's the other thing. Think about last thing. And then I'm really, God, I got to go, y'all. Think about it like this, okay? Rivers change over time. The St. John's River is the St. John's River, but it changes. It's always changing. So the LRC, think of it like this. It's the same river, but it's each version of it is a little different. Subtle changes, subtle changes, subtle changes. So that's why we're able to do our hurricane season forecast, but we can't get into the exacts of it because each version of it is a little different. Yeah. You know? Similar to like when I do my financial recommendation is one number, but I have 40,000 rows of Excel data. Am I, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Guys, what a nerd day today was. All of this to say is going to be hot, right? Like, I love it. I love, I love getting nerdy, but I always have to bring it back to it's going to be hot. Whew. All right. Days like today are fun for me. As long as you all are here for it. Like days like today is when I get to dig deep in the brain. And, and and the reality is if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, so just like in flight instruction, explaining it helps you understand it better. So thank you for thank you for always challenging me and keeping me on my toes, people. It's going to be a beautiful day today, though. Kellyanne said 83. I think we're going to hit 85 or, or better today. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see you at 3.30 for that one. In the meantime, be the sunshine in someone else's day. That models are underdoing it. 
Be the sunshine in someone else's day. I hope you have a wonderful Monday. I will see you guys and gals at 3.30 today for the afternoon coffee talk. Be good. Do not fear the weather. I will always be here to explain it to you, okay? All right. Be good, y'all. Bye.